four brothers ride into battle. Man, we're nerds. Gluten-free gladiator Andrew. Todd the Brain Willard. What you doing? Dave the Family Man Shook. Crash and Burn. Preston, Paul Sign, Apollo, piloting the Light Mech Commander. Atomic Power. Feel like we've grown as a podcast? It's a science experiment. So bad, it's good. I thought you were ranting and I zoned out. My bad. The most professional podcast on the internet. Keep doing whatever makes you a discerning geek. The Discerning Geeks Portal. Welcome back, discerning listeners, and welcome to this old-fashioned Discerning Geeks Christmas. Where we're recording it on Halloween and we're not sure if that turkey's going to thaw it in time. But here's hoping. I'm here with Andrew, the red-nosed weightlifter. Yeah. Todd, the elf behind the scenes that makes all our Christmas dreams come true. Merry Christmas. And Dave, the real Father Christmas. Because Santa gives him all his invoices. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) And tonight, we are here... To discuss the greatest 80s Christmas movie there ever was. He-Man and She-Ra? A Christmas special? Christmas Vacation. Oh, that. Alright boys, I believe we'll start out with Todd doing the rundown. Okay, yeah, tonight we're reviewing National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Hoping to recapture the joy of Christmas he had as a kid, Clark Griswold plans for the best Christmas ever, with the biggest tree, the most lights, too many family members under one roof, and ambitious plans for his annual bonus at work. Thanks to unexpected in-laws, sewer gas, a stowaway squirrel, and a stingy boss, everything that can go wrong does go wrong with Clark's special Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation starring Chevy Chase as Clark Griswold, Beverly D'Angelo, Juliette Lewis, and Johnny Galecki as Clark's wife Ellen and kids Audrey and Russ, Randy Quaid as Eddie Johnson, Clark's cousin-in-law. John Randolph, Diane Ladd, E.G. Marshall, Doris Roberts, William Hickey, Mae Questel, and Miriam Flynn playing various extended family members. Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Nicholas Guest as yuppie neighbors Margot and Todd Chester. I don't know why it is. In movies and TV shows, people named Todd are always either yuppies or douchebags or something Anyway, uh, (laughs) Brian Doyle Murray as Clark's boss and Natalia Nagulich as Clark's boss's wife. And just to go through that cast list a little bit, Chevy Chase is, of course, famous for Saturday Night Live, four seasons of the sitcom community, and he even played a villain in three episodes of Chuck. Johnny Galecki played Leonard for all 12 seasons of The Big Bang Theory. Randy Quaid played Russell Cass or Case or Cass in Independence Day. Doris Roberts played Marie Barone in all nine seasons of Everybody Loves Raymond. Julie Louis Dreyfus was also in SNL and she played Elaine Bennis for all nine seasons of Seinfeld. And geeks might recognize Natalia Nagulich for her role as Admiral Nechev in four episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation and two episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Christmas Vacation was released on December 1st, 1989, with a rating of PG-13. It was written by John Hughes. He also wrote or co-wrote the first two National Lampoon's Vacation movies, for which there are five movies in the original series and one made-for-TV spinoff. This movie was directed by Jeremiah S. Chechik. And where can you find it? Unfortunately, it's not streaming anywhere, so you have to rent it. Yes, but that shouldn't be a problem for anyone because this is a certified Christmas classic. I'm sure as time rolls on and we will be releasing this in the future, future. hopefully it will be on streaming somewhere. I believe last year it was on streaming with AMC+. I'm hoping that that will be the same situation this year. Let us begin with the beginning. Uh, the procuring of the Christmas tree, as it were. How did everyone enjoy our introduction or reintroduction to the Griswolds? Reintroduction? <laughs> there was a movie, Andrew. There's more before Christmas Vacation. Wait, 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 wait. There's more than one? Yep, yep. There, there are technically four. There what? are four of these movies. Yes. There's four? Yes. So, five. Aha. Uh-huh. Five? 
Five, five apparently. Yeah. Yeah, five plus plus a TV five? movie. Plus a TV movie. Ah. Okay, okay, we're we're in uncharted territory. <laughs> um, I didn't know there were five. I, I just knew about the four. So there was a movie before this one called National Lampoon's Vacation, where Clark and the gang go across the country to Wally World, which is the Lampoon stand-in for Disney. Uh-huh. And as, as this movie can show you, everything falls apart. <laughs> they end up meeting with Cousin Eddie at his trailer and getting stuck with a aging um, aunt and her very, very yappy dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the aunt on her way there uh, passes away and they oh. have to abandon her oh. on the porch of her oh. son's house. Oh no. But it's okay. He's a dentist. He can take care of it. Um, but no, yes. Reintroduction because this is the second in the franchise. No, third. Third. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. European vacation was before this. One. And you also European. Had, you had Vegas vacation and yeah. All oh, kinds yeah. Of- so, so do these people yeah, just go, go on vacations? Yeah, they, they just go on listen, this is this is suburbia in the eighties and nineties, man. We had enough money to go on vacations and like see the world and we weren't all like chained to our computer every week to uh, make ends meet. It was a different time. Simpler time. Uh, our, our delightful little tangent there. How did everyone enjoy the opening? I'm anxious to hear from Andrew. I'm having to wait. I'm just kind of like sitting here chomping at the bit, waiting for him to be like this newbie into this world. I, uh, Andrew, I believe you're, the spotlight is on you. It was a lot to take in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do, expound a little bit. Uh, it was just a lot. There's a lot going on in this whole movie. There's a lot going on. Now, I'm going to help out here because, I mean, this is – and and the opening tells you right off the bat what you're going to get, right? Yeah. You know, they're like end up in a, a, a little road rage incident with some crazy truck and basically crash through the sign of the tree farm that they're going to. And then they're hiking through the mountains to find the perfect tree to cut it down. And of course they get to the tree. Did you bring a saw? <laughs> <laughs> and of course not no. because the more I watch this the more it, it, I guess it's just because I have kids I can relate so well to so many of things that happen because you just set out with the best of intentions this is how it's going to be my kids are going to love it we're going to do this it's going to be amazing and then something very simple just wrecks the whole thing and you're like oh so yeah yeah, i can relate i'm with it i love this movie but yeah i was curious to see kind of andrew's take he's 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 coming at it from a from a very different standpoint as the as the kid as the kid as you you would be the one that freezes on on the way to the tree andrew yeah yeah Uh, probably so Todd, this movie is definitely one of those movies where I'm like, oh, Todd is going to like he has be on the fence <laughs> about this because it is 100% a Looney Tunes cartoon, and he's not exactly the biggest fan of Looney Tunes. Sometimes, yeah. Can I just take a nap this episode? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Okay. I'll make a deal with you. You can take a nap this one. I'm probably going to take a nap, nap on the next one. So we'll be good. But no, so, so your thoughts, Mr. Willard, please. Uh, okay. You know how in the dictionary or encyclopedia, sometimes you look something up and it'll say, see so-and-so. And it actually directs you to look up the, uh, the definition of something or the, or the encyclopedia entry of something somewhere else. See my review for Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't laugh once. I didn't find this movie funny. 
Uh, comedy is subjective. This movie doesn't work for me. I don't get it. If everybody else loves it, that's great. It doesn't work for me. At the same time, it's not terrible. I can see how it's mildly amusing, but it, it's just not my thing. Basically, same review as Young Frankenstein. Rinse and repeat. I suck. I, I swear, I actually do like things sometimes. Not this time. At the same time, I didn't hate it either. So, uh, yeah. And it, the further we go along in our podcast, the less I take notes. And every once in a while, there's an exception. Like, I actually did take quite a bit of notes for Wonder Woman, which at the time we're recording this hasn't come out yet. I still need to edit it. And I've got some other things I'm editing before that. And I definitely took a lot of notes for Ghostbusters. But for certain movies like this, I, I find myself finding it hard to take notes and I take fewer and fewer. And then sometimes I think, wow, I'm just, I'm taking, this is like the least I've ever taken. I literally have six bullet points for the entire movie. So I think this really is the least I've ever taken notes. So yeah, I, I, I don't even have that much to say about this movie. What an absolute a-hole. He's just being a jerk. He's a bum. He's a boo-boo head. So I, I guess I need to, I want to ask a question and I, and I kind of ask this seriously just because I, I kind of want to, are you a John Hughes fan or does that name even really mean anything to you? I, it definitely sounds familiar because I know he's done stuff, but I don't think I'm quite familiar enough with him to like ass- automatically associate everything he's done. Okay. See, I'm a John Hughes fan. I mean, one of the iconic movies ever made in the eighties that you just have to love Ferris Bueller's day off. Then you got the breakfast club. You got, Uncle Buck, you've got the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, you've got Home Alone. All of those 80s movies were John Hughes. All the the kind of comedy, fun, that was that was what he was known for. That was kind of his his stick, his thing. I, I could almost kind of tell in the rundown, it was like, yeah, and John Hughes. And I was like, okay, wait, no, no, this is John Hughes. I mean, it's, it's a John Hughes film. It's almost like a, I don't know who would be a big you know, director now, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, you call out those names and this was the guy in the eighties that, that had a lot of the movies that I loved, but they are comedies and, and, and a lot of them are kind of off the wall and, and kind of, kind of different. So yeah, I was just curious. Okay, so I looked him up, and I know that sometimes he writes, sometimes he directs, sometimes he produces, sometimes he does two or three of those things. Yeah. So uh, the Breakfast Club, uh, Breakfast Club. I remember seeing that in college. I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Weird Science uh, for the oh well oh, for Breakfast yeah. for Breakfast Club he was director, writer, and producer. For Weird Science he was director and writer, and I do kind of sort of like that to a certain extent. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he was all three, and I mostly like that one. I think it has a few issues in it, but for the most part, that that's probably his best one that I know of. We've reviewed Home Alone, and for that one, he was writer and producer, but not director. And I actually surprisingly did like that. Uh, it looks like he wrote Beethoven. I think I've seen that a long time ago, and it might have been okay. He was writer and producer on the remake of Miracle on 34th Street, which I really did like at one time. It's been forever since I've seen it. Uh, but I liked it at the time. And then I recognized some of his other titles, but I don't think I've seen them. Okay. Okay. I was just curious. I just wanted to see kind of where we were at. Andrew, you know, no clue, right? John Hughes, Ring a Bell. Home Alone, right? Yeah. Okay. Man's okay, Bueller's Day Off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those movies. Okay. Cool. So he's, he's making it a little bit through time. I'm, I'm with you. Okay. He yeah, wasn't I've just been watching a, Ferris Bueller's Day Off since I was like six years old. I mean, that's that's like, that's just everybody needs to watch Ferris Bueller's Day Yeah, of course. Uh, it, it is core to suburb, uh, to the suburb culture. Yeah. Like, if, if you're going to have, like, a, a cultural anthropologist look, try to decipher what is American suburban culture, you just give them the John Hughes movies. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Um, oh, hang, hang on real quick. I'll edit this out later, but I forgot to test my microphone. I want to make sure I'm on the right one. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I, I can hear you now. Oh, man, that's awesome. Really? Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah. Could you hear me the two times before that? No. no. Okay, good. I'm on the right microphone. Okay, go ahead. Can, can we leave that in just to be more relatable to the audience? Seem more real. Todd says it's against his better judgment. But since it's Christmas, and you asked nicely, yes, he left it in. That's I mean, the Verizon commercial, isn't it? Can you hear me now? 
speaking, speaking <laughs> of reality and uh, things that relate to the audience, you would be remiss to discuss Christmas Vacation and not discuss one cousin, Eddie. Yay, Eddie! And cousin Eddie is the failure that all families have that show up right around the holidays just to make your time a little bit more interesting. And he means well, but he he just doesn't quite have it all together. Any particular feelings towards our dear cousin Eddie? I love Eddie. He saves. You love Eddie. He saves the day. He's the hero. He, he's the. Uh, <laughs> He's the fireworks show that brings the finale to the family. Yep. Andrew, did you have any feelings towards Cousin Eddie, or was Eddie it just another old Disney guy? Plus spinoff show? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Cousin Eddie show coming coming this fall too. Yeah, and it Disney needs Plus. to be a sitcom. Right. Actually, it needs to be like a cartoon. Kind of like, <laughs> kind of like a big green kind of cartoon that they have on Disney now. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be cool. I'm all for it. Yeah, cousin Eddie, the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I'll just skip over Todd. I, I can rest assured that he does not have a note about cousin Eddie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'll just say <laughs> not a fan, but yeah. not a fan. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. This movie is about your set pieces, right? The first set piece is the Christmas tree. The second set piece is the Christmas lights. <laughs> 5,000 Christmas lights imported from Italy. Drawing so much power, they have to kick on the nuclear reactor. (laughs) (laughs) It's light so bright, it can blot out the sun. Was that too much? Like too much as far as like taking the gag too far? Yeah, yeah, it was the gag gag too far. No, no, it was perfect. Perfect? Yeah, it was perfect. I I think that might have been the one gag that wasn't taken too far. <laughs> awesome. I, I was like, it, it still didn't make me laugh out loud, but I was like, okay, that's kind of creative saying that, you know, his his house is so bright that everybody else around him loses their power and they've got to bring on a second power plant to to power it. That was that was the kind of corny humor I can kind of go along with. Again, it's so like on the money. He plugs in everything. He thinks everything is perfect and he can't get him to come on. And he can't get him to come on. And he checks all the bulbs and he can't get him to come on. And then he's put them on a switch that has to be turned on. <laughs> and it takes him like figuring out. Actually, it took his wife figuring out that, oh, wait, I have to flip the switch. And then they're, they're on. But she gives him the spotlight, which, again, it was just beautiful. I mean, it's showing that loving relationship of give him that moment of, look, you did it. And they all have tears in their eyes and they think it's so beautiful. Uh, I just thought it was great. Yeah. Beautiful. It it, it truly is a a very human moment for this family of cartoon characters. It's almost as funny as Shitter's Full. That that brings us to our third set piece, The Shitter. (laughs) All right. So, uh, well, before before we get too far into that, I must say, as someone who has several people that work with electricity and work at a, a Home Depot and various things, please do not jay- daisy chain your electrical um, <laughs> blocks like they do in this movie. You would likely perish quickly. The shitter is full. And how do we feel about that? <laughs> Not once, but twice we get to like explode things because of the shitter. Yeah. That's just awesome. <laughs> oh, oh! So when Andrew talks about explosions, it's all you know immature. But once there's a shitter involved, <laughs> everybody's interested in explosions. See, see, it was done with class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are these are highbrow, highbrow shitter jokes, right here. <laughs> 
A, a fart joke. That's just a low class. No, no. Andrew, these are shitter jokes. <laughs> Taking it to a whole other level. A whole other level. Jokes are for kids. Shit jokes are for adults. Exactly. Yes. You got it. You figured it out. <laughs> and and I can just see Todd rolling his eyes as you can see all our tracks filled with laughter and his is like a flat line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, like I said, I, I really don't even have to be here. Somebody no, go. No, no, we, we, we want you here. It's not even... It, it, I hate that you didn't enjoy this movie. Um, Somebody zap Todd and bring it back to life. <laughs> uh, let's see. This brings us to the the only thing that we can remotely call a plot to this movie. The Christmas bonus. Andrew, you may not remember this. In fact, I'm positive you don't remember this. Because I'm a millennial and I've never gotten a Christmas bonus. But there used to be, in the old days, uh, Christmas bonuses that the, the bosses would give to their workers to help them out during the Christmas season. It was an extra five to seven hundred dollars. The, they would give you in your paycheck. The, the, these were the kind of things that really helped people during the holidays. And then slowly they got phased out for the, the true gift of the season, the jelly of the month club. <laughs> <laughs> and fans, this is where I get to bring to you our first ever sponsor, Discerning Geeks Jelly of the Month Club. Membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. <sighs> oh, God. 12 jellies in 12 months. They'll cover one per month. Order now and get your special bonus schnozberry jelly. <laughs> it tastes exactly like it sounds. It tastes so real. The snozberries taste like snozberries. Who ever heard of a snozberry? Discerning Geeks Jelly of the Month Club will also have a special tie-in in February with KY. <laughs> Use that at your own risk. Jelly. All right. Jelly. How you like to say? put jelly on a lady? Discerning Geeks Jelly of the Month Club. $8.98 per month, per person, bi-weekly. How come bi-weekly means both twice a week and every other week? That's mad confusing and just linguistically lazy. It's the gift that keeps giving the whole year around. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. <laughs> I love it. How do we feel about the Jelly of the Month Club? I'd buy that for a dollar. No, I love that. That's awesome. No, I do. I'm glad you pointed out because I was actually, that was on my list of things to point out too. It's, it's very sad that we have completely gone away from a work society that values its employees enough to actually give them a bonus. Um, and that's kind of sad because yes, I've been working now for, for very many years, very, very many years, 30 years now. <laughs> um, and I have never gotten a, well, I take that back very similar to the jelly of the month club. I once received a grocery store gift card, I think for about 25 bucks. And that was the extent <laughs> of my, wow. that was the extent of my oh, Christmas's wow bonuses for about 30 years of employment um, in various jobs and tasks and things like that. So, yeah, it used to be that a company, you know, about this time of year, they were closing out their books for the year. They're saying, hey, look, we have this much profit. We're going to divvy up some of that profit and make our employees Christmas bright. We're going to show them that we appreciate them and and divvy up some of that money and say hey look this is how much we care about you and now you're lucky if you get a box of cookies yeah. our chris our jelly of the month club is is top notch if you get in that man you are hitting the high life yes because yes. you must please. have a really good job please all, all all of your your c-suite listeners out there um any business owner or uh, ceo please 
the discerning geeks jelly of the month club it's what your employees want <laughs> it's so good it'll make you want to drink not one but two eggnogs uh, well, yes. it's interesting because I won't give away too much, but we have somebody on this podcast that deals a lot with taxes. And over my lifetime, I have noticed that we went from Christmas bonuses to now people planning their entire like bonuses and budgets around their tax returns. Um, and that is now the the new Christmas bonus is those people that, that get the big tax returns. And it's kind of interesting that, that we've allowed the 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 government to co-opt that and <laughs> and hey it is what it is <laughs> yeah. all listeners please um if you're trying to budget for your taxes please understand how much money you need to withhold yeah uh, before you come visit me so that i don't have to give you the unfortunate news that you're under withheld by like a couple thousand dollars and you actually owe the government money please please Look at your um, percentage owed. It's an easy calculation. Uh, one of these days, I'm, I'm just going to make a website that says, hey, enter this, uh, enter your salary here, and I'm going to show you how much money you owe in taxes, and then you can figure out how much money with withhold. So we, we have Christmas bonus. We've mentioned Cousin Eddie. And now feels like a great time to ask, what did everyone think about the family did you did you feel any kind of were there any memories in your mind that got conjured up watching this movie oh see this was my every christmas i mean i mean i don't i i kind of say that laughing we never set the christmas tree on fire but every year growing up we would go to my grandparents house luckily uh, i was very blessed growing up my grandparents live very close um within 30 minutes. So we would just go to their house and all the cousins and aunts and uncles. And, and I have pretty big family would, would crowd into their house and it was crowded. It was hot. It could be 30 degrees outside and it would be 94 inside. And everybody is crammed around a couple of rooms because none of these houses are as big as what the Griswolds had. And we would easily have, 40 people crammed into them. This was, this was Christmas. And so, yeah. And I, I, we had a, a very near or or somebody very, very close to an uncle Eddie. And sometimes we had, you know, great aunt so-and-so that would show up and half dead and you didn't know what they had boxed up and you would kind of open it and you're like, Oh, cool. I'm an eight year old boy. And you just gave me a, apron to cook with for christmas um so you know i mean to me this 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 is why i think it rings true and i can just kind of laugh about it and enjoy it because it's it's very much that that was my that was my life andrew any any memories that this conjured up for you (laughs) he goes I can't say because my uncle David is that crazy uncle and he's in the podcast. <laughs> you are cousin Eddie. <laughs> it's it's funny because the, the way that David talks about his growing up with Christmas is the same way that I talk about mine and we're in the same family. But we're not talking about the exact same events. So every single year we go over to my grandparents' house and there's our grandparents and there's Uncle David and then there's all the aunts and uncles and all the cousins. Everybody's running around and it gets so hectic sometimes and so chaotic. But it's actually pretty well managed and under control because they figured out the strategy is if we shove everybody under the age of like 13 into a room with a video game and some toys and we just leave them in there with each other, they won't bug us. And that's just become like the, the, the yearly strategy to, to keep it from becoming Christmas vacation. Do you remember it was, it's been several years. It's been a while. So I don't know how old you were. Do you remember the year that we lost the uh, lasagna? We were supposed to have lasagna for, for our, 
our meal and it got like dropped in the whole dish like it was in a glass dish and it just broke and everything oh yeah i think i remember that (laughs) we were supposed to have lasagna and we didn't have lasagna so yeah, we had to. So I don't remember what we substituted with. But we yeah, did. I think it was like barbecue or something. I think we did. I think they had to. I think we took some like barbecue and just cooked it <laughs> and started eating barbecue. You know, so I mean, stuff like that happens. That's that's the beauty of this film. Yeah, that's it, what makes it oh, so yeah. special. Like this is this is absolutely. If you've lived in America long enough, you've lived through something like this. On, on a Christmas or a holiday. Um, I've been very fortunate that um, my Christmases have all been very smooth. Um, we do, or well, we used to all get together for the Stillman family dinner on Christmas Day when I was growing up. It was the entire Stillman side of the family, all of the uncles, all of my cousins. Love you all very much. Uh, we had a great time. We would get together at Aunt, Aunt Frances's house and uh, her husband was a uh, motorcycle repairman and dealer. One year, they had an ATV. Oh. One of my cousins, very very smart man, decided he could do he could run this ATV up the gigantic hill that was on uh, Aunt Francis's property. He runs the ATV up the hill, and it takes flight. We didn't know it was a plane. <laughs> It takes flight (laughs) over the roads and soars over this car that's driving by. It was it was one of those like I I say this and you're imagining like an SUV. No, it was a little sports car. It soars over this this sports car that's like really low to the ground. I want to say it was like an old 70s Corvette or something, Um, but it soars over this car. My uncle Harvey was out there, and he 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 was the one that uh, ran the uh, motorcycle shop. And he says, "Well, I suppose I should have installed the Dukes of Hazard horn so he could play the <laughs> issue as he went over the hill." Yes. Um, but yeah, that that's that's one of those memories that, that'll stick with you forever. Now I believe we're at the point in time. And we've discussed most of the big set pieces. Were, were there any of the gags that stuck out for you? <laughs> Did any of them not stick out? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know why. Every year I laugh. And it seems really horrible. But the way they do it is just so funny. The ant brings the cat wrapped up in a box <laughs> first off <laughs> so they have to unwrap the cat and then the next time you see the cat it's sitting there chewing on some wires from the christmas tree and then poor old walt uh, yeah, griswold goes to to turn the the lights on and <laughs> big fireball comes up from my, under the chair <laughs> they move the chair and there's just this <laughs> outline of this fried cat on the carpet (laughs) i don't know why i just think that's one of the best gags ever (laughs) it's like poor poor cat because you know (laughs) if he had nine lives i think he spent all of them (laughs) so so todd you love that one didn't you Mm, uh, (laughs) i had to wake him up a little bit I mean, I mean, okay, okay. I, I feel, I feel like before we go further into this, let's remember some bits. Todd, uh-huh. give us one of your bullet points that you haven't yet spoken of. <laughs> okay, I was thinking I might just save them for lightning round. Uh, well, first, let me comment on something you asked earlier. the The whole thing about the the bonus, I guess, I did kind of appreciate the fact that it did actually add a plot to the movie because there really wasn't a whole lot going on. It's like, okay, he's wanting to have this big Christmas. He invites people over and then crap happens. But that did add a little bit of narrative structure 
to to the movie and it did uh i mean it was kind of predictable what was going to happen partly because you kind of mentioned something ahead of time that, that kind of gave it away but it's you can just tell he's putting so much stock in this bonus you, you know it's not going to happen so i guess it was a little bit predictable but at the same time it did add something and then i won't give away what happens in the end but then the whole thing with the boss you know that that i could kind of see coming a mile away too uh and part of it i can't help but think all right is that really realistic would, would there be that much of a 180 but um I, I don't know at the same time it did add some story let me see yeah i wasn't that much a fan of the gags in the movie and then you you were asking about the family i guess i would like the the family to have been fleshed out a little bit more it seems like just a whole mess of people show up and it's like all right who are these people and eventually you get enough references to somebody calling somebody dad or mom or aunt this or uncle that that it's like okay so it's the grandparents and a, and a one set of aunt and uncles and then when Eddie comes into town, he comes with this great big, uh, probably noisy RV. He's parked in the driveway. And yes, granted, I know everybody's kind of focused on the lights at the moment. But does he just like silently teleport in? I mean, nobody even notices throughout their peripheral vision that he's just kind of sneaking up on him. He just comes out of nowhere. But uh, but yeah, I kind of wish that some of the family members have been fleshed out a little bit because there was a neat moment between Clark and his dad later on in the movie. And I'm like, okay, Clark's dad is actually pretty cool. I kind of like him. Where was this person the whole time? I, I could have gotten a little bit more fleshing out of the family and their individual personalities. And instead it was just like mass of family. You know, they go shopping one day and they all pile into a car and it's just, it's just bodies at that point. Uh, you know, we don't really get the personalities until later. Very true. Um, I, I like to say that the, the vacation movies are cartoons and Clark Griswold is Bugs Bunny. Um, okay. You know, it, it's very much the Clark Griswold show. Nowhere is this more evident than when we take our little detour into the summer <laughs> and find out how the Hawaiians say Merry Christmas. Do, does anyone feel like that was something they shouldn't have done? Like a, um, you know, maybe that was too sexy for your family Christmas movie or, or did, was that okay with everyone? Like it was okay with me. Oh, you're, you're talking about the pool party? Yes. Pool party. Okay. Uh, that was actually pretty good. I, I was okay with that. Dave, Andrew. That's kind of his thing. I mean, and, and I know that we're not reviewing the other movies, but there are, you know, scenes like this when he's in European vacation, you know, he's kind of daydreaming about skinny dipping with these hot girls and, and things like that. And, and so it kind of happens that that's his, you know, it, it's part of the way his mind wanders <laughs> and he's a guy and he's, that's, yeah. that, I mean, you know, even better is the scene before that where he's shopping in the mall and the girl comes up to him <laughs> and he can't even get a sentence out, you know, without being it sounding perverted because everything okay. that he's saying is, oh, and, you know, nipple. I mean, not nipple, uh, you know, breath. Oh, no, not that I'm hard, but, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Can I take something out for you? <laughs> um, but that's what makes it funny. And, yes. and so, no, I, I thought it was fun, you know. And, and great, great. As much as that kind of shows up, I mean, he, he you can tell also how much he, he loves his wife and, and, and leans on her and they lean on each other. And, and so I think the real relationship is seen. Oh, yeah. The, and the relationship that, is solid. Yeah. So I think that that if it wasn't and then it was kind of leaning to that, I would have, you know, I would feel differently. But it's a flash in his brain. And and so, yeah, it's all right. Andrew's now, been notoriously quiet here. I know. Much. He's going back to watching that girl in the bikini again. He's like, let me rewind that. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good off that. Okay. We're talking about set pieces. We're kind of talking about the different gags. And I will say the one that, that falls short for me the most is the neighbor. And it's not oh. that it's bad. It's just that those are the ones that kind of fall short for me the most. I think they're so yuppie that it's kind of like, okay, they're just, yeah, you know, and they're supposed to be. That's their, that's what they're supposed to portray. Um, you know, they don't even have a tree. 
they don't even have a, a Christmas. They're 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 too good for all of that, and they don't have kids. So everything that happens in this house next door to them, with all these crazy kids and family, is going to be annoying. I, I there are times, and and I kind of felt like that rewatching it this time. There's very little that happens with them that I'm like, ah, they could about cut it out, and I wouldn't. I don't know that the movie would be that much worse for it. You know, it just didn't. To me, it didn't add a lot. Um, so I'd be curious to see what the others felt. I, I would go along with that because they don't really add anything. It's like stuff happens to them, but they don't even really complain. They kind of complain to each other, but it takes forever for them to actually confront Clark about it. I mean, they got to know that he's the one doing this crap. And if they're not going to confront him and nothing's going to come of it, then what's the point? And there's enough stuff going on over at Clark's house where he's messing up his own stuff. Why bother messing up somebody else's unless there's actually a story point to it? So, yeah, I'll go along with that. Uh, I just just thought one of the funniest scenes in the movie is when Clark shows up with the, you know, hockey mask and chainsaw. Yeah. (laughs) And the, the yuppie's like, hey, Griswold, what are you doing with that? And Clark yells back, bend over and I'll show you. You got some nerve, Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. (laughs) yeah yeah so that was great one of the uh, underrated scenes for me is the scene where you know clark's standing at the entranceway to you know the c-suite the boss's you know hallway or whatever and the boss walks by and he says merry christmas and then just these line of old stooges are just following behind the boss and it just progressively gets worse and worse Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. <laughs> yeah. Happy holidays. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yep. The scenes um, with the boss are kind of fun because you do get that sense of how disconnected the boss is from the actual what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. He even and, asked, um, I think, at one point for Griswold, he's like, you know, I need you to give me some, like, talking points for this. And I need you to basically dumb it down to stupid so that I can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, of course, we get to our one big cameo of the movie. Walmart makes an appearance in your beloved family Christmas movie. But it makes an appearance after Clark Griswold's Wiley Coyote sled moment. Yeah. Um, where he has some kind of lube or wax or something on his satellite dish and he shoots down the hill at rocket speeds, catching fire. Again, this is where I say it's a cartoon because, oh, yeah, again, you would be dead. It's definitely Wally Coyote style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Completely did. But no, I, I thought that was great. Again, I'm big on cartoon humor, so that was totally for me. Um, how did it, did anyone else feel like the cartoonishness of the gags was too much? Or was it was it just right? I think the one that was a little too far for me was the turkey because I don't care what you do with a turkey, <laughs> overcook it, undercook it. I, I don't think it's physically possible to literally have evaporate all the meat in it, have it be nothing but skin and bones and literally just puff, you know, have a puff of dust come out when you slice into it. And if it were possible, it wouldn't look so perfect on the outside. I, I thought that was just, that that was the one that was a step too far for me. Everything else is kind of like, okay, it's a comedy. Don't read too much into it. But that was one where it's like, what science fiction is going on there for a turkey to end up like that? Welcome to Cooking Done Right with Preston. Now, here's your host, Preston. As the resident chef of the podcast this is where i tell you there are thousands of ways to make your bird not turn out like that but please do brine your poultry (laughs) this christmas or thanksgiving 
or whenever in the near future you decide to cook for someone. It's very quick. It's very easy. It's salt, water, and, you know, herbs. And you, you stick the bird in there and you leave it in the salt water that is fully dissolved. It has to dissolve because the process called osmosis is what makes the, the salt get into the meat. Uh, the, the, the salt has to be dissolved and you stick the bird in there and it'll absorb the salt and then you can cook it and it'll it'll be salted perfectly. It'll, it'll be great. Um, there's thousands of websites that'll tell you how to do it. Pick one and you'll be fine. But please do it. So you don't end up like this. This has been Cooking Done Right with Preston. For more cooking tips and advice on how to avoid disasters in the kitchen, stay tuned for another helpful episode of Cooking Done Right with Preston. See, I think for me, there's a mindset that I have to go into for a movie like this. And once you get into that mindset, it's just fun. I think if I wasn't in that mindset... I wouldn't be able to watch this movie and enjoy it. But normally what I would then do is turn the channel and watch something else. You know, when I'm in the movie for just slapstick, cartoon humor, fun, kind of a Christmas thing, then this is there. And and once I'm in that mindset, I'm not thinking about, oh, well, is that realistic that the sled is going to go that fast? And that there's going to be fire and sparks coming from it. If it's lubricated, then it shouldn't be having the sparks and fire because that's what the lubrication stops. I don't, I don't care. I mean, I'm not in that mindset. You know? <laughs> I'm just in the yeah. mindset of, no, that's funny. That's kind of fun. I, I could get into the other mindset and, and we'll have a review. I think, pretty soon where I'm, I had a very difficult time getting into the mindset for the appropriate movie. And, and that review is not going to be very good just because I wasn't in the right mindset for the movie. You know, uh, if you're, if you're, you know, we're, we're kind of talking, we're getting ready for Halloween. If you're not in a like horror film watching mindset and you watch a horror movie, you're going to be like, well, this is crap. I don't really want to watch this. You know, if I'm not in fair. a, if that's I'm fair. not in a comedy, you know, fun mindset, I'm wanting to watch something really serious and, and meaningful, then I'm not going to appreciate a Christmas vacation. I think it's a struggle. And I think there's, there, there, that happens some, but yeah, it's a little easier for me, I think, to get into the fun mindset than, than some of the others. Todd was tempted to cut in here with one of his allegedly brief, but ultimately long-winded interjections during editing. Since Todd can be annoying that way, I'll try to give you the short version. Dave's last comment implied that a certain mindset might be required to enjoy certain movies, like this one. Todd agrees to a certain extent, that a mindset or even a person's mood in a given moment, might affect a person's opinion of a movie or some other form of art or entertainment. But, Todd was going to emphasize that it wasn't a bad mood, or the expectation of a serious or meaningful movie, that made him not enjoy this movie as much as others. Todd was going to argue that it's the unique combination of genre, tone, style, quality of writing and directing, and other factors, that make a movie appeal, or not appeal, to each person on an individual basis. Todd had numerous examples of different co-hosts having different opinions in past movie reviews, based less on a given mindset, and more about a movie's unique formula appealing, or not appealing, to each co-host in a different way. If it were a video podcast, Todd would probably have had bullet point lists, and graphs, or charts. It's what makes Todd boring, and frustrating. Trust me, even me taking the time to explain Todd's point, probably gave you a minute or two of your life back. Well, great. Um, we're, we're edging around to the 50-minute mark. Does anyone have any overall comments that they haven't made yet about the movie? The real Christmas bonus was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> That's so sweet. All right, then. Well, well, I've, I've got one other. I, you know, you, you were talking a little bit about the family, and I already made the comment about how I, I would like to have gotten more with the dad and everything. The other scene in the movie that I actually really appreciated was uh, Clark with his niece. I think the niece's mom seems pretty normal, but, you know, we've already talked about Eddie being kind of a, a character and, and everything. But the 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 niece actually seems pretty normal and like a, a, a nice little girl. And uh, Clark actually has a, a nice conversation with her. And I, I don't know. I just thought that was a, a, a nice part of the movie. 
Well, great. So, yeah, I, I feel like with all of that out of the way, gentlemen, would you like me to usher in my first ever lightning round? Lightning round. Dun, 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 dun. Yay! Would it really be your first? I'm, I'm pretty sure you've, you've done I, it. I thought this was the first episode I hosted. No, you, you've hosted a few before, but I don't know if they were uh, episodes where we did Lightning Room. Yeah. I mean, I've done a drive time, just never really. Interesting. Preston also hosted the Godzilla movie review, episode 120. Five. I got a four. <laughs> I got a six. Oh. I got it too. <laughs> Guys, I'm really glad we decided not to play D&D today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we all failed. We all died. So is, is it Todd or Andrew? I had a five, so it's Todd. Wow. All right, Mr. Willard. You're <laughs> with up first. Six, with a six, I'm going first. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ready and go. Uh, the opening cartoon is pretty good. The scene with the sex clerk at the department store is somewhat okay, at least at first, but it tries a little too hard. It goes uh, uh, the further it goes. It would have been funny with a little subtlety. Uh, so Clark wasn't smart enough to bring a saw or axe to cut into the tree down, but he he didn't bring uh, a shell or bulldozer either. So how did he pull it out by the roots? Uh, why does Russ have bunk beds in his room if he doesn't have a brother? Uh, that's literally all I've got. And seven seconds to go. Uh, actually, it, it's not that bad a movie. It didn't totally work for me. Uh, but it's not terrible either. It's it's okay. All right. Uh, so, Andrew, I think you're next. Ready? Yep. And go. Something about watching this movie two days before Halloween, three days before Halloween, just makes me wish we watched it a little bit later in the year. I want to start a petition to watch this movie again with all of us together sometime in December. All right. And it has to be at Todd's house so we know he'll be there. Sometime. <laughs> oh, oh, that is not the Christmas gift Todd was hoping for this year. Merry Christmas. I like it. I like it. I believe I'm next. Dave headed to. Oh, okay. Dave headed to. Okay. All right. Ready? Yes. And go. Kalui Kalikimaka is Hawaii's way to say Merry Christmas to you. And that's really what this movie is, is just a nice little offbeat uh, Christmas card from the weirdest part of your brain to the rest of your body. And that's how I've always viewed it. It's a great time. I love goofy cartoons, and this is absolutely a goofy cartoon. Time. All right, Dave, are you ready? I am. And go. So growing up, my dad learned the song, The Twelve Redneck Days of Christmas. And, <laughs> and he would sing it loudly in the shower to where it would wake up my little sister in the morning to get ready for school. And that's just like, that's my family. You know, it, if you've never heard the song by Robert Dole King, Merry Christmas from the family, it all is the same. This is the family. This is what you get. But it is those memories that make it so wonderful. So enjoy this film and enjoy your family. You have no idea how many times I've heard that story from my mom. <laughs> Every single morning she wakes up on the first day of Christmas. My true love gave to me. Some bars to a Mustang ET. I used to hear that song all the time when I used to listen to the radio, but yeah, four mud grip tires, three shotgun shells, two. <laughs> it's great. This is Christmas, and this is kind of where Christmas vacation takes us. Yeah, I, I will say it's a for our listeners out there, here's here's part of the tough challenge, right? We have to record these enough in advance to get them to you when they mean something during the holiday season when we do it. In order to do that, we sometimes are are thrown off. And, and I'm kind of with Andrew. It's a little tough to get into the, the Christmas spirit yet when I'm also trying to f- decorate a trunk for trunk or treat here in a few days and pick out costumes for kids for Halloween and also watch horror movies 
that because we're a little behind and we don't really have the horror movies done yet for this podcast so our horror movies are going to come later but anyways yeah, um, actually that's the real reason we're recording that this this early <laughs> because i know i'm getting behind on editing but i'm not that behind oh no we, you're, we, you're we, wrong we could, rec- we could have recorded this in mid-november i could still get it out in december that was todd sounding overconfident back in october in actuality he started editing this episode on december 7th and might finish on december 9th or 10th while still needing to finish half of his Christmas shopping, and looking at only three of his five Christmas trees being decorated. Todd shares way too much with me. I wish he would leave me alone, and let me drink wine. No, but yeah. this is what was ready. <laughs> the, the, we had this together, um, you know, we were, we were ready for this, and... I think it's going really well. Are you sure about that? I like it. Please, please edit in Joanna saying, are you sure about that? Way ahead of you. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> Next up, the ratings. Ratings. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And uh, I'll go ahead and pass the baton to Mr. Willard. I really wanted, I really wanted to give this movie a C plus, but when I compared to other C pluses, I was like, yeah, no, it's not quite there. So technically, it gets a C, which means I technically didn't like it. But as I said, it's not terrible. You know, if it has to go down to the D range for it to be terrible, this this was okay. It's just that it's not that there's anything hugely wrong with it. It's just there wasn't enough good stuff there either. So yeah, I just I couldn't quite get there. If you, if our listeners have listened to any of our Christmas episodes in the past, last year we went through a patch where we didn't record enough around uh, November and December to have Christmas episodes. But in 2021, uh, we did have four Christmas episodes. One of them was Children of Men. And one of the things we did in that one was debate whether it was a Christmas movie or not. And I came up with a scoring system on a, on a scale of zero to seven on whether something is a Christmas movie. And I would say that this movie is a seven because good, bad, or somewhere in between, it, I think it definitely qualifies as a Christmas movie. There were a couple categories where I could have given a half point. So it maybe it's a six, but six or seven is still pretty good. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, Christmas movie. And... I wasn't sure exactly where to put this or the three horror movies that we'll be reviewing sometime soon. So I actually went and recalibrated some of my scores for movies that are C plus or lower, and it actually shifted some movies around. So I could I could go into that detail if you want to, but uh, uh, but no, I'm I'm very curious because I've kind of actually gone back and listened to a few episodes where you had some C plus movies that. I thought needed to be lower. So I'm kind of curious as if this falls below some of those movies. So yeah, tell us how, tell us how things landed. Well, so here's the thing. Nothing at first, nothing changed actual letter grades. So if it was a C plus before, it's still a C plus now. And then I adjusted a little bit further and two movies did actually change letter grades, but they were D pluses that went down to D's. One of them was Beetlejuice and one of them, and I know this will be blasphemy. Some people will think I'm, I'm crazy for this, but the other one was Blade Runner. Yeah, I know it's a classic. Yeah, I know the visuals are stunning, blah, blah. But it the, the movie didn't work for me. So yeah, that one went from D plus to D, but everything else stayed the same. However, everything shifted a little bit by like a few decimal points. And so some things kind of changed ranks. So one thing that went up by four ranks was Spaceballs. Something that went up by three ranks was The Last Starfighter. Uh, up by two are The Thing, and it feels weird to say this, but Armageddon, bless you, uh, Armageddon. Up by one are Gremlins, Ice Pirates, Clue, The Entity, Young Frankenstein, and Rollerball. Down by one are Galaxy Quest, Men in Black, Predator, Black Adam, Paycheck, The Mist, and Stardust. Down by two are Gattaca, From Hell, and Conan the Barbarian. And then down by three is Beetlejuice. Wow. So where does this one rank kind of in your your list now? I know you say... Uh, uh, yeah, it is 78th out of 95 movies that we've reviewed or will review soon. Emphasis on 95 movies. We're just five movies away from 100, which is hard to believe. Woo-hoo. Wow. I believe it's to me. As most may know by now, I go by a five-star system, 
as created by Jim Cornette and Nam Dooley and used by one Mr. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer. I can think of no movie that deserves four stars more than Christmas Vacation. Why not five? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but four stars is the review for Christmas Vacation. It's an absolute classic. Buy it, put it on your NAS, or just have it in your collection digitally if you do that. Um, yeah, th- this is this is a cornerstone of, of the Christmas holiday that we're recording three days from Halloween. I passed the baton on to Dave, or it's Andrew, Andrew's name. This is a David Teague movie. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And that's 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 my rating for this is it's a David Teague movie. And that's a good thing. That is a it good is a good thing. It is a good thing. It takes a very specific kind of movie to be a David Teague movie though. I, I like how you're just classifying movies now by person. Yeah. Okay. This is a David Teague movie. I, I was actually thinking of that as we were going through the ratings. This would be one that he would claim if you don't already own this, why not? He's like, you're you're going to have to watch it every year. You might as well buy it on sale at Walmart whenever it's like a five bucks and be done with it. Um, and yeah, he would have he would have owned this and he would watch it. And it's not a big deal. Now, for myself, I, I'm actually I'm actually right there with Preston. For me, it's going to get I'm going to give it eight out of ten. You know, why does it not get higher? It's not supposed to get higher. Not every movie is made to be a blockbuster grip everybody and, and you know, break the bank and make millions of dollars and be perfect in every way. Some are just made to have fun. And you can tell when this one was made, they wanted to have fun. Like a lot of the 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 John Hughes films, you know, he wanted the people to have fun making it. He wanted to have fun making it. And he wanted to show the fun of what was going on. And in this case for the Halloween, for the, for the holidays, not Halloween for, for Christmas. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem rating this like an eight out of 10 and thinking, you know, Hey, that's exactly where it needs to be. It's not supposed to be the top of everybody's list, but it's, it's a good time to watch and, and fun to watch. And so I enjoy it. All right. So we've done the lightning round. We've done our rankings. I believe Dave, if you would be so kind as to give us the uh, ending spiel, because you know it better than I do. <laughs> All right. So we talk about family. We on this podcast consider each other family. Some of us actually are related um, but I didn't Wait, be <laughs> really? who, um, but, uh, we consider you our family too, just for being listeners. And we hope that you enjoy listening to us and enjoy listening to our reviews and us talking about these movies and TV shows and D and D and all that we talk about. Um, and we would ask that you do the family thing, follow us, like us, give us the thumbs up. If your family and your your friend, your, you know, your your cousin or somebody writes a book, you buy it. Why? Because they're your family. We're not even asking you to buy the book. We're just asking you to to like us and rate us and give us some thumbs up and give us some props on whatever way that you listen to your podcast. Um, and that way we can move up on the charts and people can see us. And that just helps us out. And then let us know ways that we can improve. You're our family. We can take it. So if you email us at discerninggeeks at gmail.com, then we will take your emails and we will read them and we will treat them like family, which more than likely means that we're going to ignore them. But that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) We still want to hear from you. Um, You can also interact with us on our Facebook page, the Discerning Geeks Portal Podcast. And on that funny X thing at Discerning Geeks, um, if anybody's still there. You know, we're out there just doing this for you guys and for each other. And it helps us stay close to each other, even when we don't agree. So, you know, 
we talk about Dave. This is definitely a Dave movie. We're getting ready to review in a couple, in a few days, hopefully, um, some horror movies that David Teague would have loved. He this time of year he watched horror movies from dawn till dusk, and all the times in between, he just had them running. And while I could care nothing for them, that's what he wanted to do, and he enjoyed them, and that's good for him. So for you guys out there, we ask that you continue to do what makes you a discerning geek and what you like in this discerning geek world and tune into us and see how we feel about it. And we'll let you know. How was that? That was great. Good. good, good. It was I. It was I. <laughs> and uh, yeah, with that great sign off, I feel like I'm just tacking on, uh, you know, I'm the spare groom at the wedding here. Yeah, whoever makes you a discerning geek. Oh, I will put it in there. Be on the lookout. We have we won't roll this week because we've actually pre-picked our Christmas categories, our Christmas movies for this year, and we have three more upcoming. So we have Christmas Vacation. We have the Santa Claus. We have. Violent Night, and I forgot the last one. Batman Returns. Batman Returns. We have to argue whether Batman Returns is, in fact, a Christmas movie again. At least one of them made the list that we have to have this discussion. But yeah, tune in and listen to all of our holiday and Christmas reviews as we prepare for the Christmas holiday. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) you thought i really was taking a nap i did i was gonna say somebody nudged todd (laughs) may the force be with you always hallelujah holy shit for classic discerning geeks christmas episodes check out number 26 gremlins number 28 muppet christmas carol Numbers 34 to 36, Christmas-themed Dungeons and Dragons one-shot radio play, parts 1 to 3, number 80 The Man That Invented Christmas, number 81 Klaus, number 82 Home Alone, number 83 Children of Men, and number 115 Whatcha Do in December 2022 Catch-Up. Stay tuned for more Christmas-themed episodes throughout December, 